Welcome to Parker Memorial's podcast of the 8.30 a.m. service. Our service includes modern-style worship and an on-time message from God's Word. This week, we continue our year-long study into revival by Dr. Mac Amos. Now, here's this week's message. If you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and be turning to the Gospel of John, chapter 3. The Gospel of John, chapter 3. We're in a series called Kingdom Living in a Fallen World. How do you live in the kingdom of heaven in the midst of a fallen world? In order to do that, we've seen that there's the kingdom of heaven, there's also the kingdom of the world that was created perfectly, but then because of sin and man's sin, it became a fallen state. God did not give up on us, but rather he had a plan to redeem us and to win back this old lost fallen world. And that plan is through the person of Jesus Christ. And the way that God invaded this world with the kingdom of heaven is through Jesus when he was born in Bethlehem and when he lived among us. And so what we're doing right now is seeing how Jesus in his life manifested the kingdom of heaven in this world. And last week we talked about something very, very important. Here in this most important chapter in all the Bible, John 3, we talked about that Jesus actually shares with Nicodemus that glorious truth of how can a person enter into the kingdom of God? How can a person enter into the kingdom of heaven? Nicodemus wanted to know, how could that happen? And you're from, sent from God. He wanted to know some truth. And Jesus said, unless someone is what? Born again, they cannot enter in, see or enter in the kingdom of heaven. You must Be born again. That means to be born from above. It means to have a spiritual birth. Just as you had a physical birth, you must have a spiritual birth. Nicodemus couldn't grasp that or understand it, and Jesus said, don't worry about it if you can't understand it. Do you understand the wind? Can you explain the wind? But you certainly see it, and you see the results of the wind. You might not be able to explain salvation. You might not be able to explain being spiritually born or born again. But it is a reality, and you can see the result of that spiritual birth. You must be born again. And whenever you're born again, then you have the opportunity to enter in to the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, to become a part of the kingdom that Christ lives in and that Christ is going to share about. Then he brings us to that most important verse of Scripture, and he tells us about something regarding the kingdom of heaven. It tells us about how long this life is, how long the existence is, and the quality of that life that we have in the kingdom of heaven. Those precious words that we love to hear and that all of us cling to and hold to are found here in the Gospel of John, chapter 3, I want to begin reading in verse 14. This is Jesus speaking. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Now, who's the Son of Man? That's Jesus, all right? So Jesus said, even as as Moses lifted up that serpent in the wilderness. Stop there for just a minute. Y'all remember that story? Remember they had the the fiery serpents who came along and they they were biting 
uh, the, uh, the children of Israel and they were dying. And, and the only way that they were saved is that Moses made a bronze serpent, put it up on a staff, held it up. And it said if anybody were, was bitten by the snake, if they would look upon that serpent by faith, by faith they would be healed. You remember that? If they didn't look upon that, that serpent on that staff, that they would die. It was all a matter of faith to doing what God said. I mean, what is looking at a bronze serpent up on a staff got anything to do with keeping you from having the poison of a snake kill you? has absolutely nothing to do with it, but it has everything to do with faith and the Word of God and the promise of God, and that's how you live. Amen? That's how you understand that you live. Well, Jesus said, just as Moses did that and raised up that serpent, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Once again, early in his ministry, he's going to tell you, he's going to tell you how he's actually going to die. What's going to happen? He's going to be lifted up among men, hung between heaven and earth. And just as that serpent was up there on that staff, Jesus is going to be up on that cross. As a person had to look on that serpent in order to live, they're going to have to look upon the Son of Man on that cross and what he does on that cross in order to live. So let's go back, go back there. As, a, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Now, verses 15 and 16, listen to what it says. That whosoever believes may in him, the Son of Man, underline these words, have eternal life. There's those words. If somebody will believe in Jesus, in the Son of Man, they will have, circle those words, eternal life. Then you go to 316, that famous verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have, there it is again, circle these words, eternal life. Eternal life. Verse 15 is about eternal life. Verse 16 is about eternal life. And John can't get rid of it. Look at verse 36 of the same chapter. He says, he who believes in the Son has, there's that word, those words again, right? Has what? Eternal life. But he who does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. So what do you receive? What is the reward that you receive when you enter into the kingdom of heaven and leave the kingdom of this world. Whenever you make the citizenship in heaven more important than your citizenship in this world, whenever you enter into that kingdom of heaven, what do you gain from that? You gain what John calls, what Jesus explains, eternal life. Eternal life. How many of you want eternal life? I do. I'm going to sign up for eternal life. That's exactly what I need. That's exactly what I want. That's exactly what Jesus promised. That's exactly what all of us need. Amen? So let's talk about this matter of eternal life. Have you thought about eternal life? I know you think about, I want to go there, but have you ever thought about it in terms of what does it mean when it talks about eternal life? The first thing and the most obvious thing is it speaks about duration, Right? It speaks about duration. We're so used to things having a beginning and they have an end. Isn't that right? Everything, we're on a linear path. There's a beginning and there's an end. But here Jesus introduces something and says, I'm going to give to all people who believe in me and enter the kingdom 
they're going to have the opportunity of experiencing eternal life. The duration of it is that their life will never end. Their life will never end. Now, the difference between us and God is that we're created in the image of God, but we're not God. Did y'all get that? We're created in the image of God, but we're not God. Some people think they are God, but they're mistaken. They're not God, all right? There's only one God, one true God. But we are made in the image of God. And when we're made in the image of God, that means that we're made body, soul, and spirit. Our bodies, our physical body, our souls, our personality, our mind, emotion, and will. And we're made in the image of God because God is spirit. And all those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. And you are made in the image of God because you have a spirit in you. God made you spiritual. And whenever you have a spirit in you, that is an eternal spirit, which gives life to your soul, which means that you are an eternal spirit and an eternal soul. So that whenever you were conceived by your mother and father and God breathed life into you, into your mother's womb, and you became a living soul, at that point in time, you had your beginning. You did not live before that. You did not exist before that. That was your beginning. The difference between you and God is God existed before that. He had no beginning, all right? But you did have a beginning. At that point of conception, God gave you life. But because you are an eternal soul, you will exist, and duration will be forever, and there will be no end to you. There will be no end to you. You're going to have a duration of eternity. Now, wait a minute. All of us, hold on a second. All of us are going to have that duration. We are going to exist. We are going to exist forever. But we're here talking about eternal life. Eternal life. Because eternal life is certainly different than than eternal death, right? Right? Eternal life is what we're wanting, not an ending death and unending wrath, an ending torment. Eternal life is duration. So what is that talking about? That's talking about not only the fact that we are an eternal soul because we're made in the image of God, but it also talks about that something happens in our life to where that duration is now going to be life instead of death. And when did that take place in your life? When did it happen to you? Whenever you got saved, (laughs) When you got saved and you came and you asked Jesus in your heart, as I shared with you last week, where you were dead in your spirit, now you become alive in your spirit. Where you were dead in your spirit, now God's spirit indwells you, and his spirit indwells you, and you are saved. You're a whole person, and you have as your future and as your hope, you have eternal life. You're not just going to exist eternally, but you're going to have eternal life. There will be no end for you, and there will be no end for your life. Because Jesus Christ promised you that if you would believe in him, that he would give to you eternal life. You will never have an end. There will never be an end to your life. To your life. Eternal life is talking about duration, how long it is, and it's not ever going to come to an end. We'll talk about that in just a minute, how some people view that. But, but it's not only, eternal life is not only talking about the length of life, it's talking about the quality of life, <laughs> okay? It's talking about the quality of life. The quality of life is, is attached to God. 
The only one who is truly eternal, who never had a beginning and never has an end, is God. Amen? So when it talks about eternal life, that Jesus said he wants to give you eternal life, he's talking about a life that originates with God. A life that God intended for you to have. A life that God wants you to enjoy. A life where God comes and blesses you in every way. That's what eternal life is all about. It means a life that is surrounded by God. Jesus said it this way. He says, you are to have life, life indeed. Remember he said that? And he said, I have come to give you life, but not just life. I came to give you life abundantly, abundantly. Okay, so the abundant life is that quality of the eternal life that you're going to enjoy forever and ever. That means that whenever you got saved in your life, your life drastically changed because God came to live in your heart. God came to live in your life. He came to bring blessings to your life. He came to produce fruit in your life. All these things happen in you because Jesus came to live in your heart and live in your life. Do you realize that? Do you realize eternal life? Eternal life for you began the very day that you asked Jesus in your heart. It's not out there just in heaven one day. One day we're going to be in heaven. It's going to be a glorious place. It's going to be wonderful for all of us. But eternal life started the day you got saved. And here's my question. Are you enjoying it? Are you taking advantage of it? Are you experiencing it? You're supposed to be experiencing a little piece of heaven right here and right now. I know we get beat up by everything and we get whipped down by everything. And we feel like we're defeated by everything. You know, and all, Listen, we are more than conquerors through Christ who loves us and strengthens us. Amen? And the abundant life has not been cut short for us. And the fruit of the Spirit has not been made to where there is no harvest. I'm here to tell you, my friend, the abundant life is here, and the quality of life, that quality of life, eternal life, is for each and every one of us. And we get to enjoy that now, it, not in full measure. It, it, it says that it, it's earnest money is what we get right now. You know, we're not owning the house yet, but we have paid in the earnest money, and we have a little bit of it here. It's just a little bit compared to what the whole house is going to be like. Amen. But you're supposed to be enjoying it right here and right now. Don't sit back and say, boy, I'll be glad when I get to heaven so I can enjoy eternal life. You just lost a day. Right now is your eternal life you should be experiencing and enjoying right now with the hope and anticipation of, of how great it's going to be one day. I mean, if, if life can be good today in this old fallen world, just imagine how great it's going to be when we get to heaven. Imagine how it's going to be when it's a perfect world. I don't know about you. I long for that. I look for that. I anticipate that. A, a little statement, if you could write a statement down regarding this quality of life and duration of life. This is what I wrote down in regard. It is, eternal life is to experience the presence of God in the place of God, enjoying the blessings of God. Did you hear that? Eternal life is to experience the, prom- the presence of God in the place of God, enjoying the blessings of God. Amen, sign me up. I want to be there, amen? 
I, I want the presence of God in my life. That happened when I got saved. He came and dwelled in my heart. And then one day I'm going to get to enjoy the presence of God in the place of God. That's a place called heaven or the new heaven, new earth, whenever it makes for me. And, and whether I'm there or here, whatever time it is, it's to enjoy the blessings of God on the journey or when I finally get there. Amen? Now, that's eternal life. Sign me up. That's what I want. Eternal life. Eternal life. Eternal life is a lot better, my friends. Listen, it is a lot better than unending death. Unending judgment. Unending punishment. Now, if you want to know something that's interesting, God is far more interested in eternal life than he is in unending punishment. Aren't you glad of that? Hold on a second, Baptist. Let me wake you up a minute. God is far more interested in eternal life than he is unending death. Aren't you glad of that? Amen. Amen. Thank you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Yes, God. They really mean that. Well, I tell you what, if we Baptists had to get to heaven on the basis of us getting excited about Jesus, we would barely get in the gate. I'm here to tell you. They'd just say, y'all stand out there, man. Y'all stay asleep. There's a lot of stuff happening in here. Y'all need to wake up. I mean, like you say, well, how do you know that God's more interested in eternal life than he is eternal death? Why is that important? Because I want a God who wants life for us far more than he wants to judge us and that we would be in eternal death. Don't you want a God who wants us to have life? How do I know he's more interested? Go in your little concordance at home and look up eternal. All right? Look up eternal. You know what you're going to find? Eternal is attached to life 31 times. 31 times. Do you know how many times it's attached to judgment or punishment? Three times. If God's 31 times... He's interested in eternal life versus talking about the eternal punishment. That lets us know that God's far more interested in us experiencing eternal life than experiencing eternal death. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We're excited about that. We are. Hey, man. Hallelujah. We ought to be excited about that. You ought to be you're excited. He wants you to experience eternal life. That's what John 3, 16 was all about. And the reality of it is, you're either going to experience eternal life or you're going to experience eternal death. You're going to experience the eternal life, the the never-ending presence of God, blessings of God. Or you're going to experience unending judgment and punishment. That's what the Word of God tells us. Now, Now, some people... Some people say, I don't, I don't believe that. I don't believe that at all. I, I, I believe that when I die, I'm going to just die and I will be no more. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to die just like an animal dies. When an animal dies, they just go back to dust. And that's exactly what's going to happen to me. Whenever I die, I'm just going to be no more. I'm just going to be no more. Well, that's the problem with evolution. If you're believing the theory of evolution, and it is a theory and not even a really good one, okay? But if you believe in that theory of evolution, then that's your problem because you think you're the same as an animal. There's a big difference between you and an animal. 
An animal is created with a body and a soul. Their soul is a mind, emotion, and instinct. Yours is mind, emotion, and a will. An animal does not have a will. They function by instinct. Whether you know it or not, that dog that bites you is not looking at you saying, yeah, I think they're the one I want to bite. If they bite you, it's because their instincts cause them to do that. You understand that? But a human being has a mind, emotion, and will. An animal does not have an eternal spirit, but a human has an eternal spirit made in the image of God. You are not a growth out of, out of a monkey somewhere. You are uniquely different, created in the image of God. That makes you eternal where animals are not eternal. Now, don't come up here saying, man, is my dog going to be in heaven? If your dog's in heaven, it's because God just wants to bless you with your dog in heaven. But Jesus did not die on the cross for your dog. Amen? That's just the truth. More people get upset because their dog's not going to heaven than their neighbor's not going to heaven. And you need to get the reality of the fact that you are uniquely different. And a human being is uniquely different. And that person who says, I think I'm going to be just like an animal, and I'm just going to die and be no more, you hope so. But what if you're wrong? What if you're wrong? What if you don't just die and are no more? Dying and be no more, that doesn't seem like a bad thing. But what if you're wrong? What, what if... You don't just die and be no more. Matter of fact, you're so wrong, the Bible tells you that you're wrong. I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. The Bible will tell you you're wrong. All right? Hold your hand there for just a minute and turn to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 10. That's what it says. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may be recompensed for his deeds in the body according to what he has done, whether good or what? Or bad. What does that say? Every one of us are going to stand before God one day and we're going to give an account of our life. That doesn't sound like to me you're just going to be no more. What do you think? Well, uh, let's see if, if something else will help you. Turn over to Matthew's Gospel. Back to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 25. This great story and parable that Jesus tells about the Son of Man coming in glory at His glorious throne. In verse 31 and 32 of chapter 25. But when the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, that's Jesus, then He will sit on His glorious throne. And all the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them from one another as shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. Uh, and then, then on over here in verse 45 and 46, says, Then he will answer them, saying, Truly I say to you, to the extent that you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. You remember that passage. But verse 46 and these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. That's Jesus talking. He said there's going to be some who go to eternal life. Hallelujah. Amen. But there are also going to be some who are going to go where? To eternal punishment. Back to John's gospel in John chapter 5. These are the words of Jesus 
in verse 28 and 29. He says, Do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming in which all who are in the tombs shall hear his voice. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. That one who just is no more. Remember that one? That one who is no more. That one who is no more is, is where? They're in a tomb, right? Their, their body's going to be laid in the tomb. Is that? Yes, that's right. Is that right? They, they are no, they're, they're dead. They are no more. But their body's in the tomb. What? Go back there to verse 28 again. Do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming in which all who are in the tombs shall hear his voice. All. Verse 29. And shall come forth those who did good deeds to a resurrection of life. Those who committed the evil deeds to a resurrection of what? Of judgment. So hold on a second. You're sitting here with limited knowledge and limited experiences. And if you live to be 70, that ain't very long compared to eternity. And you figured it all out and you are just going to die and be nothing. Or I've got to listen to God over here and read the Word of God, where the all-knowing God who's lived forever writes down the Word of God, records all his history, accomplished all those prophecies, He says that you're not going to die and be no more. You're either going to have eternal life or eternal death. Who am I supposed to believe? Who are you going to believe? I hope hope you're not smart enough or dumb enough or whatever you'd call it to believe yourself. If you believe that, you believe yourself versus what the Word of God says. So, so maybe you, what if you're wrong? What if you don't just die and are no more? Then I can tell you this. If you're wrong, you have lost. You've lost forever. You've lost forever. You don't want to be wrong on that. <laughs> so when God says there's eternal life, And there's unending punishment. You want to make sure that you believe that that is true. And you also want to believe and accept eternal life. Now, eternal life, eternal life is is free. But it's not cheap. Did you hear me? Eternal life to you is free. But it's not cheap. Because you have been bought with a great price. The perfect blood of the perfect Son of God was shed for you. Every drop of His blood was shed for you. And His death was for you. And He did it for you. It's free, but it's not cheap. Here's another reality that you need to know. Turn your Bibles to John, I mean to Romans 6.23. Many of you know that verse of Scripture. We need to hear it again. It's what it says. Paul writes, For the wages of sin is death. You know what that means? What you and I deserve because we sin is, is death. Any of you not sinned? I don't mean this week. I, I mean, have any of you... 
never sinned. If you never sin, then you don't really need to be here. Matter of fact, I don't even know why you're in the world. Because <laughs> all of us are sinners, it says. All of us are sinners. And, and it says that the wage of sin, what we deserve because we sin is death. That's that, that's that eternal separation that we were just talking about. That's, that's being away from all the blessings that God wants to give you, all the good things that God has for you. That's, that's what we deserve. But the rest of that verse is the most important part. Listen. For the wages of sin is death, but, but, thank God for that but right there. Amen? Thank God. But the free gift of God, the free gift of God is, here's that word, is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. The free gift of God. Do you know how you, do you know how you get eternal life? It is a gift. It's a gift. You can never earn it. You can never do enough, be good enough. You can never earn it. You must receive it as a gift. You must receive it as a gift. For it is a gift that's been purchased by God for you. And do you know how he purchased it? It tells you right there. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Before God could ever offer to you and me eternal life, there had to be a payment made. It was the sin debt, the sin payment. We were all sinners. We deserved death. So somebody had to die. And in the realm of heaven, God the Father and God the Son set forth a plan of redemption whereby the Son would come in this world, incarnate in this world, live among us for 33 years, reveal to us what heaven is like, what God is like, and eventually die on a cross as a sacrifice for sin, the perfect Lamb of God, so that the payment for sin is made in full. And now that God has made it in full, He says, You can be saved. You can have eternal life because the punishment has been paid by Jesus Christ our Lord. I'm telling you, friend, if you don't think you're worth something today, it's just because you don't remember how much Jesus paid for you. Not for all of us, for each of us. Big difference. He didn't do it because you're a part of the group. He did it if he were the only person. He did it individually for you and for me. And Jesus paid the price. And when Jesus paid that price on Calvary's tree, it it enabled God to say this, now the price has been paid and I can give to you eternal life. But it is a gift. Can't earn it. You'll never deserve it. But I offer it to you. I offer it to you. It's for you. You cannot earn it, but you can receive it. What do you do with a gift? You receive it. Now, now do you know something important about gift giving and gift receiving? We all, we all know about gift giving and receiving. That comes up quite often in our families, doesn't it? Either birthday or, or Christmas or something. We, we know about gift giving. You know what about gift giving? It's a twofold thing. Somebody has to be willing to give a gift, but the other person has to be willing to receive it. See, I I could offer you a gift 
all day long. But if you didn't reach out and get it and receive it, it would never be yours. Even though it was purchased for you, even though it's made specially for you, if you're not willing to receive it, it will never be yours. Let me tell you about, let me tell you about God's plan of salvation. God sent his son to die on the cross to pay the price for every person's sin. It's been paid in full. And God holds out the invitation to every person and says, the payment's been made. It's here for you. Here's the gift. Will you receive it? And some receive it and others refuse it. And my friend, if you refuse, if you refuse the gift, how could you ever, how, how could you ever think that one day you're going to stand before God and have some excuse of why you ought to get in heaven? The only reason you're not in heaven is because you would not accept and receive that which he freely gave to you and which Jesus paid for. You and I are without excuse. We are without excuse. Go back to John 3.16. We'll finish. Because that brings the verse to light. It says this. As Gary went over it in the very beginning. For God so loved the world. In your Bible right there, you can, you can, the world is not talking about this terrestrial ball. It's talking about people. Matter of fact, it's talking about an individual person. In your Bible, you can mark out the word the world and you can write your name right there. That's what it really means. For God so loved me. For God so loved me. Not just the world. For God so loved me. That he what? That he gave the best he had. He gave the best he had. His son. His only begotten son. That whosoever. Anybody. You don't have to be the prettiest person. I would be left out. Amen. Don't say amen to that. I saw Jock was about to say amen to that. You don't have to be the smartest person. You don't have to be the richest person. You don't have to, you don't have, whosoever, that means anybody, whosoever will believe in him. Not just believe in your mind that he existed, but it means to give your life to him. It means to turn over all that you have to him, believing he is the son of God, believing he died on the cross for you and committing your life to him and embracing him for all that you are. If you will believe in him, in Jesus, you will not perish, but thank God you will have eternal life. So how do you, how do you receive the gift? You don't, if I hold it out, you see it in my hand. But how, how do you receive the gift from God? You can't see God's hand. How do you receive the gift from God? You believe in Jesus. You put your faith and trust in Jesus. You commit your whole life to Jesus. You accept him as Lord and Savior. You believe he died on that cross, paid the price for your sin. You believe in Jesus. And it's all about Jesus. So, how do you get to heaven? You're born again. How are you born again? You're born again by believing in Jesus. And you know what the promise is? And God likes to say it 31 times. The promise is eternal life. Eternal life. Eternal life. That's what he's given to you. That's what he wants for you. That's what he's done everything for you to experience it. And I pray and I hope and I believe many of you, I hope most of you, 
have accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, and you know today when you walk out of here that something happens to you, that you will have eternal life. And I pray somehow, if you've been thinking that you'll just be no more, that God will impress on your heart, there is not being just no more. There's an option, and the option is eternal life or eternal death. Which one will you choose? He's done everything for you to have life. That concludes this week's message from Brother Mac. Additional sermons and reference materials are available from our website at parkermemorial.com slash sermon series. Jesus said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. I have overcome the world. We can help you know the one who can bring you peace. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at Parker Memorial Baptist Church, as well as our website at parkermemorial.com. May God bless you until we meet again.